Welcome to The Banker. My name is uh, Silvia Pavoni. I'm the economics editor of uh, the magazine. And uh, I'm talking to William Jackson of Capital Economics. We are going to discuss the impact of uh, the novel coronavirus and COVID-19 on uh, Latin America. So, uh, William, thank you for joining me. Thank you. Um, the cases, of course, of uh, COVID-19 and the number of infections are growing across the region, perhaps not as uh, at a pace that we're seeing elsewhere, particularly in Europe, but they are still growing. So we now have around 7,000 cases reported, according to uh, John Hopkins University. Um, with uh, Brazil at the head, uh, sadly, um, we are also go we're also seeing very different approaches in terms of how to deal with uh, um, with uh, with this pandemic. Um, how do you think what's going to happen uh, for for the regions as a whole, and which countries do you think will be affected, um, will be hit um, hardest? Well, I, th I think Latin America is facing a, almost like a perfect storm that the um, a lot of what really could go wrong for the region is going wrong at this time, even before the cases of the coronavirus had really started to emerge in, in Latin America, even in uh, major developed economies, the region was being hit by the downturn in China and the collapse in commodity prices. And more recently, we've seen Latin American financial markets take a very big hit. A lot of currencies are down by 15 to 20 percent against the dollar over the last few weeks. Interest rates have, or bond yields have risen. Um, financial conditions have tightened. And on, on top of that, we're going to see very sharp uh, downturns in the US and in Europe in, in the second quarter, which will weigh on the region's exports, and it's particularly bad news for Mexico. And of course, as you say, the, the um, number of cases within the region is, is rising, um, and, and this will hurt domestic sectors through social distancing measures. Um, there has, of course, been a very different response across the region. Uh, places like Peru seem to take quite take quite a drastic um, measures to try and curb the spread of the coronavirus. Um, Brazil and Mexico seem to have taken a much uh, much slower response. Um, it may be that those countries that have imposed more more draconian measures initially may see a sharper falls in output, particularly in sectors like retail, um, transport, um, accommodation. Um, restaurants initially at least but I think even in even in those countries which aren't closing down their economies immediately simply concerns about going to public spaces and so on may may result in in big hits we can look at some low profile data for example like cinema ticket sales or uh, restaurant reservations which even suggest for countries like Mexico where the um, containment measures haven't been very severe there's been a very sharp fall in these these indicators of activity so whether so were they imposed by the governments or anyway self-imposed by the population? This is obviously already uh, been, been felt economically and of course it has also been felt in terms of uh, challenges to, to health and, and, and people's lives and also uh, health systems which again uh, tend to be quite um, checkered uh, across the region. Um, now central banks have of course all reacted, uh, lowering interest rates. What does that mean uh, for markets? So I think the the... Uh, lowering of interest rates has provided some help to um, to financial markets. It, it will help to boost credit growth a bit, or at least offset some of the hit to um, or the burden for banks financing costs, and also which may be passed on to, to borrowers. 
Um, we've seen some measures taken by central banks to stabilize financial markets as well. There's been quite large intervention in foreign exchange markets to curb large currency depreciation. I think the Colombian central bank is, is intervening in the government bond market to try and ease tensions there. I think what we've seen less of, though, is the response from fiscal policy, and that's perhaps where we might be a bit, should be a bit more worried. There are clearly a lot of difficulties here. A lot of Latin American governments have quite, had quite weak fiscal positions to start with. There will be big demands to raise spending on healthcare, um, to, to make sure there are ventilators, intensive care units, and so on that um, healthcare systems will need to deal with the effects of the virus. Um, but what we've seen less of is, is the, the measures to support the corporate sector or households that might be struggling with a severe loss of income that's resulting from this. This is probably something we're likely to see more of over the coming weeks. We're also starting to see many countries knocking at uh, the IMF door, including Venezuela, which is something that's perhaps surprised um, a few observers. Um, the IMF is probably unlikely uh, to be able to cope with that, such demands. Um, do you suspect that Latin America will, will receive help? I think there are, there are lots of different ways that countries might be approaching the IMF. The IMF has made a lot of money available to, to help countries deal specifically with the effects of the coronavirus. And we might see quite a lot of countries turn to that for specific investments in their, in their healthcare systems. Um, there may be other measures that the IMF might do. There's talk of uh, SDR allocation, essentially the IMF releasing more of the SDR, which is its own unit's account to to, gov uh, to member countries, which would boost foreign exchange reserves of, of those countries. But whether the, um, the IMF could, could provide financing if lots of big emerging markets run into trouble is another question. I think the, the kind of strains in financial markets we've seen have clearly been really severe, although there isn't yet evidence to suggest that big economies are facing uh, the kind of balance of payments crisis that might make them need a bigger package. Um, something that uh, tends to be a recurring thing when uh, thinking about Latin America is the fact that uh, it, it lacks a sort of uh, region-wide integration. Perhaps in this case, however, it might be a benefit, the fact that it isn't necessarily so interlinked on a regional base. Of course, many countries very much depend on uh, the global uh, international uh, economy, but um, th does this make any difference, do you think, the fact that the region still isn't necessarily too integrated? Um, I think it may make a difference to an extent. In, in some cases, you, you could sort of, you can slightly perversely argue that the, the factors that would usually drive more rapid growth in economies may be factors that mean the downturn isn't so big. For example, the, the fact that um, Brazil's economy is a very close one might mean that it's less exposed to the, the downturn in the global economy. But it's, the region is by no means immune. I think given the, the slump in global demand, we're seeing the pools in commodity prices, no, no Latin American economy will escape from this. And not least because this isn't entirely an external issue as well. The coronavirus will, is impacting across the region, which will hit services sectors, and which are very domestically focused. Do you think, as the last question, do you think that this is going to bring uh, governments together, in, in, in a sense, has uh, been able to provide uh, a coordinated response to the virus, something that we haven't really seen uh, until now, um, or is it going to push them in the opposite direction, and so retrenching and really just thinking 
about their country first and perhaps even fomenting a sort of uh, nationalistic tendency that might be uh, there. Mm. It, it's a really interesting question, although one that's is clearly very difficult to answer as well. I think um, it's certainly possible that a crisis like this kind of cuts across national boundaries and demands a, a, a international response. The slightly worrying thing we've seen, in particular in Latin America, is this, it's related to the divergence in approaches of different governments, uh, particularly in Mexico and Brazil, for example, the the sort of view from on top, from the top level leadership, seems to be quite relaxed about the dangers posed by the coronavirus, and sort of seem to be thinking about they seem to be thinking about this in a different way to other governments in the region. And when that kind of divergence in views exists, it might be much harder to form an international response. Well, thank you very much, uh, William, for your comments, and um, have a good day. The latest episode of The Next Five podcast is all about AI and the business travel sector. I speak to Tim LaBelle, head of product for SAP Concur Spend Solutions. We'll have so much data that our travel will be safer. Shelley Fletcher-Bryant, VP of Advito. AI can certainly contribute to more eco-friendly travel practices. And author and public speaker, Theo Lau. AI can help us predict when it will be a peak travel, more delays, cancelled flights. Listen to the full episode of The Next Five wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy.